0: Uh, how are you? It's good to see you in man. I'm good. It's great to be here. Uh, you know, obviously missed the combine last year. So the opportunity to be back around, not just the media members, but, you know, general managers from other teams, personnel directors, um, you know, again, just seeing some coaches that you haven't seen in a while. So it's great to be back here, and, and I'm excited for the week. All right, we got a bunch of fan questions here. We're going to take some calls. We have some questions from YouTube,
1: some questions from Twitter. I thought this was a good way to start, a very basic one. This one from the bird's eye view. Not the Eagles, just the bird's eye view. Uh, what has been the biggest takeaway so far? Now that you've been in the front office in your current job for six weeks, what have you learned? That my door is
0: a revolving door. <laughs> so, as uh, no peace, right? Yeah, as soon as I watch one play of film, uh, three or four people come come into my office and uh, they have questions that need to be answered. So again, just it's about time management and. You know, again, I wouldn't wish to ever be away from my family, but they're still in Buffalo. so the, Most of my work is done between probably 8 and uh, 10 o'clock at night just be- because there are so many questions that need to be answered throughout the day. And uh, But it's been great. It's been fun. Uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. All right, let's go to Mickey here. This is specific to the Combine. These are off Twitter. Are there any specific
1: drills during the Combine you believe tell you more about players' skill sets and how that can translate into
0: on-field performance? Yeah, I like the skill position, you know, the, the routes, you know, the receivers run, their hands. You can really get a good feel for that. Uh, DBs and safeties, I think, as well, you know, th- their feet, their hips, uh, their range, and then their ability to track the ball. Um, you know, the offensive linemen, you know, I always go back to the tape, the offense and defensive linemen. Um, you know, I, most of my evaluations from the, from the film on them. But uh, the skill positions, I really like to watch, you know, the quarterback seeing them throw the ball. Uh, any of the routes you know again I give them a little bit of leeway when they throw here at the combine because you may have a five nine four six receiver run the first route and then like a four three guy go the next time so you've never thrown to these guys so if, if, if their accuracy is a little off I always give them a little bit of leeway and just appreciate the fact that they competed at the combine you mentioned the offensive line draft process how do you go about evaluating your offensive line what's your process yeah, the first thing I look at it, you know, how how big are they? You know, their length, and then you know, can they play on their feet? You know, I think balance and body control for offensive linemen is very important. You know, toughness, power, strength. Um, all that stuff is very important. And, again, I, I mentioned in my press conference just the makeup of the player because I think it's very important for, you know, the five offensive linemen you know, to be glue guys, you know, to like to hang out, to be together. Um, you know, I think that's very important in terms of the continuity of the group when they got to work in sync together.
1: All right, let's go to our first phone call, Joe. We have a caller on the line, Stevens in South Carolina, wants to ask about the draft. Steve, you're on with uh, Joe Shane. How are you?
2: Oh, fine, fine. Thank you. Joe, um, I actually called up BBKR a couple, a couple weeks ago asking about uh, consensus picks. And I just wanted to get your assessment of how you see where drafts make a mistake. And uh, in, in the sense that I tend to think that instead of taking best player available, most people tend to, most teams position themselves more for a player at a particular round. You see that as being a common mistake
0: I Thank think, you, Steve. Yes, yeah, thanks, Steve. Uh, I think the way we've approached it uh, throughout my career, the teams I've been with, again, I, I think if you take the best player available, uh, you can't go wrong. They're, they're, you can't go wrong taking good football players. And, and I think multiple you know, general manager decision makers have said it, if you paint yourself in a corner and you have to take a player, um, you know, I think there's a bigger margin for error for, for reaching and taking a player that may may not be at that value. So, you know, I think you go through the whole process. Now, if it's if players are equal on the horizontal board, then I think, you know, that's a point where you can say, okay, these players are on the same line on our board and we don't have a – let's say, defensive tackle, then you go with the defensive tackle if it's a position you know, you've already have on your roster. So I don't think you can go wrong you know, taking the best player available in any spot in the draft. Question from YouTube here, Joe. I think this is a good one from Carson. Can you talk about the
1: technological improvements you'll be bringing to the team and also throw into the answer if you can some of the technology improvements with your draft evaluation process, specifically some of the GPS data that's out there now? I know from team to team it can be maybe a little bit wonky in terms of what comes in. But if you can just talk about those two aspects of technology and how it's helping you do your job
0: yeah we're working on developing a, a digital draft board right now you know again where it's one stop shop and if we we click on a player on our board you know we can bring up anything from the senior bowl film their school film you know the scouts grades wow. uh, what the analytics people say about them um, anything we want we call it one-stop shop and we can bring up the coaches evaluations as well and you know so that's one thing and then right now you know we have the uh, the magnets that we use and you know when you move guys around the board you have to type it in a computer where you put the guy you know as you move you know players around on the, uh, the draft board, it automatically assigns them a grade. So it just it makes everything you know, that much easier in terms of you, know, you click, you turn on the computer, you can hold meetings, you can do anything you want. And then the GPS data, it's, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a resource that we're going to use. You know, we, we contact schools and try to get it, you know, the practice data, the game data. And, you know, it, it's something we're going to, again, if anything is going to give us a competitive advantage, we're going to try to utilize it the best we can. And, and so far, again, we're, we're trying to make as many changes as we can before the draft. But, you know, come May, we'll really step back, assess what's available to us and what we want and then map out a plan, how we can make sure we have all that stuff, you know, come the 2023 draft.
1: Another YouTube question, Andrew Rovit wants to know, Joe, how involved were you in helping Brian Dable assemble his staff? Or is that something where you kind of sit back and say, you're the coach, you get to pretty much do what you want here?
0: Yeah, he he would come to me and, you know, I gave him some names. He he shot some names off of, you know, me. He said, hey, what do you think about this guy? What do you know? I would do some research in the background for him. Um, you know, I sent the slips in the league, you know, to get permission and make sure and we were, we were you know, you know, doing everything we need to do in terms of the rule with, with the league and turning in the, um, you know, how, how long we interviewed the guys, if it was Zoom, who was involved, all that stuff, the administrative stuff. But, you know, Brian Brian did his research uh, as well. And, you know, again, I think he put together a fabulous staff, both sides of the ball and special teams as well.
1: All right, let's go back to the phones. Ralph is in Florida. He's up next with Giants general manager Joe Shane. Ralph, what's up?
2: Hey, how you doing, guys? Uh, welcome aboard the Giants Nation, Mr. Shane. Um, just one question. Do you prefer a uh, pass rusher, extraordinary pass rusher, or solid building block offensive lineman in this draft?
0: Oh, Brendan, that's a good question. So is that, uh, tell me about that defensive end you're talking about. Is he, <laughs> when you say that, is he going to give me a 10 to 15 sack guy?
2: <laughs> no, I, mean, uh, I, well, I mean, a solid, def, um, you know, maybe 10 sacks, great against the run.
0: That sounds like a good player. I, not I could, bad, right? I could sleep good at night with that. I could sleep good with that at night with that. And it's, hopefully you can find those guys later in the draft, but if not, I'd be good with that. Thank you, Ralph. Appreciate the call. And just to follow up on the defensive ends, you drafted two
1: guys in Buffalo, or had a hand in drafting, obviously, Gregory Rousseau and A.J. Epinesa, right? Bigger physical guys did not test great. So how do you balance them? There's a lot of, you know, a lot of correlation between testing a defensive end and production, right? So what is it about them that said, you know what, I don't, care so much about what they tested, I still think they're going to be really good players.
0: Yeah, and and they were. They were both good college players. They both, Mm -hmm. you know, A.J. Epinesa had good sack numbers, and then Rousseau had a really good year uh, back in 2019, if I'm getting my years right here. Before the opt-out. Yeah, yeah, before the opt-out. So mm -hmm. he had a really good year as well. So to me, when you watch that, okay, they have all these sacks. Now, how do they get the sacks? Like, let's go through and see um, was it a scramble? Was it you know? Did he really have to beat somebody? So to me, it's important to see how they got their sacks, how they get their pressures. Are they winning when it's third and six? Are they winning? Uh, what downs are they winning? Are they the money downs? You know, can can they win one on one? Because that's what you're gonna have to do in the NFL. And uh, you know, so we look through all that, and both of those kids are tremendous kids. So you take the production they had, their measurables, and you know, I think they're both gonna be really good players in the league for a long time.
1: Are you more inclined towards the bigger, powerful, more physical defensive and or do you like the really flexible, bendy guys that are maybe more pass rusher than? Power player.
0: Yeah, I like a combination of both. Well, of <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but again, we're, you know coming in with Wink. You know he's had some of those. He's had both of those types in Baltimore. You know big strong guys that are physical that got knocked back, and then he's had some guys that can win around the edge. So I, I don't think there's one one way you have to win in terms of affecting the quarterback. So uh, if they can affect the quarterback, no matter how they do it, then those are guys we're going to look at.
1: Yeah, Brendan Long Island. He has a question about pass rushers as well. Brendan, you're on the line with Joe Shane. Hey, thanks,
2: guys. So um, yeah, I was wondering how. Kind of the guys that fall into your spot in the draft impact how you would talk
1: and consider a trade back opportunity. Did you get that? Yeah, just in terms of what guys might consider dropping to you and how that might impact. And Brendan, thanks for the call. Impact whether or not you would consider a trade down. I believe is what he asked.
0: Yeah, I think if if somebody calls and we're on the clock and there's a guy we're in love with, I, you know, again, you can't go wrong with taking the player. You're going to sleep good at night, and the guy's going to be an impact player for your team. So, if if you're not excited about the players that there and you got an opportunity, that, that, that's when you jump on those uh, opportunities to move back if, if there's not somebody there that you're in love with.
1: Adriana has a really good question off of Twitter. How important is a player's injury history to you? How much stock do you put into previous injuries as a cause for concern? You know, the old phrase is, the best predictor of future injury is past injury. What's your philosophy in terms of that?
0: You took my quote. That's <laughs> what I, that's I? <laughs> a, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, no, I think that's real, and we got to look at it, and then, again, I'm not a doctor, my staff's not a doctor, so we've got to really lean on our medical staff to, uh, you know, give us their input. You know, they do MRIs, they, they, they look at these guys, they poke and prod them, and, you know, they're the medical experts. So we're going to rely on their input along with what we get from the schools and then our evaluation and try to make the best decision we can. All right, let's do one more phone call, then we have one more on Twitter and YouTube. Kevin in New Jersey will be our final
1: caller. Kevin, what's going on?
2: Hey, how you doing? Uh, welcome to the Giants. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, quick question I hear a lot of people like saying oh the Giants should take uh, two offensive linemen how realistic is that like in five years that you have to because when you draft in the first round you want to keep these guys then you're going to have to re-sign both of them does that make sense to have two, two people in, pretty much in the same area that you're going to put that much money into
0: yeah, that's a good question. And Thank I, you, Kevin. I, Kevin, I think that's a great um, problem to have. Like, I'll sign up for that if, if, if you've got two really good players that are going to uh, call for a lot of money on the open market. So I, I would sign up for that. Um, again, I think you can get all offensive linemen anywhere throughout the draft. I think most teams have showed that. You know, there aren't many teams that are made up of five first-rounders. But um, if there are two players that are five and seven, they happen to be offensive linemen, and they're going to be really good players for for uh, four years, and then we got to decide what we're going you know, to do, the fifth-year option, then you know we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But I think those are good problems to have. In fact, I don't think your lines in Buffalo are even – Caroline off the top of my head did you guys have any first rounders on those lines no not not in Buffalo um you know back when I was in Miami I with Laramie Tunzel, but uh yeah again you know we had a couple uh, rookie free agents you know second third rounders um on the line and and in Buffalo so yeah there's different ways to build the offensive line and you know I don't think there's there's any you know correct way that says you have to do it this way I got one more question from Twitter I want to get in here Joe and this is a good long-term question
1: from Max a good way to wrap this up We know you have a plan to build your roster versus the one you're inheriting. How long do you think it will take for you to execute your plan and how much balancing that can be accomplished in year one of that process?
0: Yeah, that's a good question, and you know I keep getting asked a similar question. But we're going to try to be competitive today and still build for tomorrow, and we, we got to keep that in mind. Uh, it, it's not a rebuild, so you know my job is to figure out the way that we can get the salary cap in order and also be a competitive team, and then utilize you know the draft picks and long term you know build through the draft, develop our own you know teach them the way we want to do things, um, assimilate them into our culture, and then you know ideally you're reading uh, re- rewarding your own players. And I got to imagine we're going to be seeing some of that
1: roster stuff coming up pretty soon here with free agency on the horizon.
0: Yeah, yeah, we've got some agent meetings with some of our players that are on our current roster, so we're going to start those conversations and, you know, you can have conversations with other GMs and decision makers around the league, you know, potential trades or uh, whatever it may be. So yeah, over this week, we should be very productive and have a little bit better idea what we're going to do by the end of the week. Joe, this was great. Thank you so much for spending some time with us and
1: the fans today as you yeah. answer some of the questions. All
0: right. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Appreciate Giant
1: Journal yeah. Manager Joe Shane, all brought to you by AWS, proud partner of the New York football Giants. Of course, stay tuned, folks. We'll have Big Blue Kickoff live, live, live from here right at Radio Row coming your way at 3 p.m. We thank Joe for joining us and we'll see you then.